skeletal forms burn toxic green. Vacant eyes lit with everlasting hellfire. Welcome back, everybody. It's part three. Part three of our sci-fi series. And the best news of all, Jenny is here. Sitting right, right in here. front of me. We're holding hands. <laughs> it feels so right. It does. <laughs> Today's episode is subtitled The Hungover One. Yep. We're a little worse for wear. We but... had this amazing plan for yesterday where we were just going to watch films and record all day apart from nipping. We'll just, we'll just go for a, a drink with lunch. <laughs> we just uh, need to get something to eat in yeah. the pub. And the Weatherspoons down the street, which for those of you not in the UK, Weatherspoons is a chain of bars. Very cheap, not particularly high quality, although not bad. There's a local one to me down the street and that's where we ended up for, I believe we started at three. Jenny yep. started at three. I started at half three and I don't think we stopped until about two in the morning. So it was quite the session. It was, it was. <laughs> but so. I, I had a f- fantastic time. Yep. I, well. Blurry, I'm, but fantastic. I'm told I had a fantastic time. <laughs> The word on the street is that we had a great time. Yeah. My my, my poor younger sister ended up having to uh, corral us through South London to get us home. <laughs> but she did it and she's a champion. She is. We Maybe we'll get her on the show, but she doesn't really like horror, which seems like a the first prerequisite to being a guest on the show. Yes. Although it like could horror. be quite interesting. That's true. She would offer a different perspective. Yes. Just like last last week's guest. Yes, Andy, of course. Andy, yeah. Last week. We will have more guests in the future. Well, give us some feedback, guys. Tell us what you think. But to get started, really, after a lot of waffling, we watched The Fly. The Fly. David Cronenberg. We went there, finally. 1979. 1986. 1986. <laughs> 1462. <laughs> Columbus sailed the ocean blue. That's not the right year for that, just so you know. But... Yes, I'm wrong. <laughs> I don't know. I wonder where I got 1979. I even said to you when we were when we were watching it, and you went, "It was the 70s," and I'm like, "No, Caitlin, it was like the 80s," and you were like, "Oh, okay," and yet you've still written down 1979. <laughs> I was so certain. Okay, well, 1986, good year. Yeah. Um, I was we, one. We were born. I was five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Math. As you can tell, we are. <laughs> At full, we are at full capacity, mental capacity. Brain firing, 100%. Yep. Accurate, yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I will say, oh, we didn't even, so do you want to get into it? Do Let's we... get into it. <laughs> now it's time for a breakdown. <laughs> I'm not cutting this. <laughs> okay. You can do it. I believe in you. Oh, you're um, actually crying. <laughs> Do some joy. Pure joy. So, <laughs> and I laugh really hard sometimes I cry. Um, the Fly. The Fly. David Cronenberg, 1986. Starring <laughs> Jeff fucking Goldblum. The daddy of all daddies. The daddy of all daddies. He is so fit in this movie. Oh, he's so hot. Jenny and I could not stop. <laughs> like, I was still good with it. it 
until about one third of through the transformation. <laughs> I mean, once his fingernails came off, you know. <laughs> you don't mean that. The transformation is horrific. And it's the thing I remembered most about the movie. Um, that, and it's 1979 creation date. So, uh, Howard Shore did the music and Jenny and I sort of had a little bit of a moment because obviously Howard Shore did Lord of the Rings and I love the music from Lord of the Rings. Yes, absolutely. I love Howard Shore. And so then Jenny gave the... Yeah, like, I've just got my notes and I, we were obviously, we were drinking when we watched this as well. So my notes are a little bit... I'd been drinking on the train on the way down from Nottingham as well. So I'd been drinking for quite a while when I arrived here. And all I have written down is like, Rohan calls for aid. Will you answer Will it? Will you answer And I was just it? looking at my notes going, Caitlin, I don't understand what I've written. <laughs> so at least you remember. Yes, Howard Shore. We were kind of fangirling over Howard Shore, but he music is obviously a big part of David Cronenberg films. Absolutely. And it, it, you get some synth, I think, in there somewhere. But yeah, I mean, Howard Shore is a compositional genius and I was just surprised to see his name I didn't know I ha admittedly I haven't seen The Fly we were talking about this mm -hmm. when's the last time you saw it 20 years ago yeah for me it was Two. maybe slightly less but at least 10 yeah so I mean it, and I've only seen it this is maybe my third time ever yeah I'd say the same I think I've only seen it I can only really remember watching it on two other occasions mm-hmm so yeah, not super well versed with this film, but I remembered parts of it and yeah, but I didn't remember Howard Shore as the composer, so that that was a nice little surprise. I think Howard Shore works with Cronenberg on quite a few of his films. Okay. And I might be completely wrong here, but I have a vague recollection of reading something that says that this was his first opera, basically, in his like composition. This is what he wrote the soundtrack as. I don't Okay, but I might but like I have about invented that. twenty shots of whiskey last night, so <laughs> it could be an a, an alternative fact. Yeah. <laughs> um. So also starring Gina Davis, looking <sighs> gorgeous. I love Gina Davis. So the movie starts off well with some excellent graphics, in my opinion. I actually wrote in my notes, Zaddy of all Zaddies. Ah, see, I'd written the daddy of all daddies. <laughs> I like that our notes are similar. I know. But he, um, it literally starts off with Jeff Goldblum giving this monologue, what am I working on? Um, well, if you really want to know what I'm working on, and then he starts to tell her about his scientific experiments, and it's very boring, and she's kind of like half listening, and he's trying to impress her, they're at some kind of party, and then he somehow convinces her, this gorgeous, I mean, I know he's good looking, but... She's stunning. And the way that they set it up at the party is he's kind of like this nerd. And she's this gorgeous woman. And so wearing, may I add, a leather blazer pencil skirt combo with a silk purple blouse underneath. I was living. She looked amazing. Well, she's a journalist and... But we don't know that. No. Yes. So she's looking for the next story. That's why she was sent to the party. She was looking for a, for a scoop. So I think that's why she's so willing to go with him because... She wants to see what this scientific... Yes, but you don't know that at the time. So no. you're watching it just thinking, okay. And then they get back to his, and it's strange. And he's got... He's, like, playing the piano. <laughs> and he's just very strange and almost creepy. He's being very sinister. Yes. My notes say, she's going to be raped and murdered. He even says something, like, about it. Yeah. He references it. And, and then he's like, yeah, well, Jeff Goldblum is being sinister. And then he just starts giving up straight-up serial killer vibes. Yeah, and she's super into it. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, really it. into it. 
well, now we know why, but yeah. But I, I did think their dialogue is very stilted here and awkward, and I really like that, which is another kind of David Cronenberg thing that he does with the way his characters speak. Um, it's very strange and very stylized, and I'll probably say that a lot in this episode because he... If nothing else, the man has style as a filmmaker. Absolutely. You know it's a David Cronenberg film, not just because of the subject matter, we know, but, you know, everything else, the music, the, the graphics, the, the way that they speak, it's all just that little bit strange and makes it a little surreal. And I love that. I really do love David Cronenberg as a director, and I need to see more of his films, because I, I haven't seen but a few. Have you seen Scanners? Yes. Videodrome? No. Whoa, you have to watch video drawing. Okay. Crash. Yes. I love Crash. Crash is fucked up, but yep. yes. Mm -hmm. um, Rabid. No, you were talking about this one yes. earlier. I've seen The Brood. Yeah, The Brood. Um, and then he's done a load of films. He works with, um, going back to Lord of the Rings, Viggo Mortensen. Love Viggo. Yeah, and they've done a, a film trilogy together and they're working on something else at the moment. What was the trilogy that they did? Oh, I can't remember. It wasn't um, Eastern Promises, that kind of thing. Was Maybe it? it was in the 2000s, but I'm not entirely sure. But yes, he's being very, very creepy and she is digging it. Yes, she's super into it. So then he, he starts talking about his pods. He's got like these... Phone booths. They look like giant phone booths. It's like something out of Doctor Who. Yeah. And he's got two of them. And he sort of says to her... I'm doing transportation. What's he doing? Teleportation. <laughs> yep. I transport things in a bag on my back. He is a teleporter scientist guy. That's what he does. It's mm -hmm. the accurate term for it. And he basically spills the beans about what he's doing. And she's like, oh, thanks. And casually takes out of her pocket a tape, like, a, mini, a mini yeah, tape. Like <laughs> dictaphone, like Home Alone 2. And she's like, oh, surprise. She's a journalist. And her... She takes... It leaves, she leaves, he tries to convince her not to, but she leaves, goes immediately to her boss, and you discover that her boss is this kind of jerk face, um, he doesn't really believe her, he kind of dismisses her story, and... He's an asshole. And he accuses her of, like, going home with him and sleeping with him, and then you kind of find out that he's her ex. Yes. So Gina Davis used to be married to, or what... They were together. They had... There were keys involved, so I'm guessing it was quite a long-term serious relationship that they had, because they lived together. They reference that later. And so, yeah, he is the ex, and he's very controlling and borderline, well, definitely sexist, 100%. Oh, yes. So, but then Jeff Goldblum bursts into the office, and he's like, stop. Don't tell the story. Right? Yeah. Basically. And he takes, so Seth asks Veronica, or Ronnie, to, he's like, I'll take you out for a burger. And while they're eating, he's like, look, you wanted a scoop? Fine, but you can't publish it yet. It's not ready. I need to complete... I, I need to be able to transform... Transport something living. Like, living tissue. So, he's like, how about you hang out with me and watch what I'm doing? And then, when it's ready to be published, you can probably write a book. So, she agrees to do it. And it will be more valuable. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I did love, like, the faux McDonald's that he took her to. Yeah. It was, like, clearly McDonald's, but it wasn't. Like, everything was yellow and red. All the decor... It absolutely looks like it. Yeah. And then we have such an uncomfortable scene where Ronnie gets home to find her ex, her boss, in her, editor, her shower. In her shower, having a shower. It's such like an alpha dick move. Such a dick move. And they have a fight. And she flushes the toilet on him while he's in the shower, which yes. I loved. That was like the fuck you. Yeah. 
uh, they have an argument because she explains to her ex that she's going to stick with Seth and, and help him with his experiments and, and write about it. And her ex is just like, oh, you're just fucking him, basically. So, I wrote, boss is domineering, sexist, disrespectful of her boundaries. Yeah. And then as also, he's leaving... Also, can I just say, her whole house is mint green. The whole thing. It looks like the inside of, like, a My Little Pony's house or something. I love it. Did you? Okay. <laughs> she asks him to leave, and then when he's leaving, she's like, oh, and leave the key. And he's like, no, I'll just keep hold of it for all time's sake. What a prick. I what hate him. What a fucking dick. I hate him. Yeah. So, and really, the other great thing about this film that I really love, there's really only three characters in it. You've got Gina Davis, mm -hmm. Jeff Goldblum, and then the boss. Yeah. And that's pretty much it. Yeah. Very briefly, you get a kind of, like, girl from the bar, but that's it. Tawny. Tawny. What a name. So, uh, they, so they start hanging out, basically. She's filming, and he's testing things. He's putting numbers into his 80s computer, and he's trying to transport animals, which we'll talk about in a second. But I did want to say... And I like how David Cronenberg did this. Jeff Goldblum was very awkward to begin with. And then he grows on you the way that he does to Gina Davis. And mm -hmm. I love it. I do think Jeff Goldblum is quite an underestimated actor. Because he's fantastic in this. Especially his physicality. Oh, yes. I like take my hat off to him. As a physical theater person, he does a brilliant job. So he... You know, he's still a little strange. But he's very charming. He's clearly smart. He's likable. And she's hot for him. Definitely. She really is. He does, He also does a lot of finger acting. Mm-hmm. I'm going to curl my fingers and like gesture kind of. And then, you know, he he does that anyway. And then obviously he builds on that when he becomes the fly. But yeah, so then we've got him trying to transport animals. The monkey. Poor monkey. Poor monkey. And also, why do you start with a monkey? Yeah. Jenny and I were saying this. Like, why would you st start with a thing like the closest to a human? Start small. Haven't like, you read Harry Potter? <laughs> start start with a steak, which he then goes on to do after the, the animal doesn't work. The in, poor trans, monkey. in Transfiguration, they start with small, they start with they mice. Do. Yep. So, so it makes no sense to start immediately with a monkey, which is probably also very expensive. So anyway, <laughs> let's rant about that. So there was also this part that I really loved about Jeff Goldblum. It's kind of revealed that he wears the same clothes every day. The character wears the same clothes every day. And I really loved that. It was just this tiny little insight into, like, his... The way his mind works. Yeah, and... well, he says, when she asks him, and she, he's like, she says, do you ever change your clothes? And he's like, yeah, every day. And she looks in his wardrobe, and it's all the same. And he says it's a tip he learned from Einstein. Mm -hmm. Because it means that he never has to spare any thought on... Any, what to wear. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. have to waste any brain power. <laughs> I love that, though. Mm -hmm. um, and he's so hot and beautiful. Like, his bone structure oh, is so just... gorgeous. They have, like, uh, they have, like, matching, billowing 80s hair. Yeah, it's, like, feathered to perfection. Yeah, I want to run my hands through both of the hair and just, like... And her jawline is, like, <sighs> women get plastic surgery to have that jawline. Mm -hmm. And she has it. And it's, she's gorgeous. She's, like, no blemishes on her skin at all. She's she perfect. Perfection. Jean Davis, I love and you. Where are you? She is thirsty as fuck. She is. She's hot for him. So hot for him. It's and crazy. And she even says, she's like, you're kind of cute. Mm -hmm. <laughs> really downplaying the... the... Then she has the creepy... There's a creepy bit of dialogue. But she's like... They're like snuggling. And she bites his armpit. Yeah. And then she's like, I just want to eat you up. That's why old ladies squeeze babies' cheeks. It's the flesh. It mm -hmm. drives them crazy. Mm-hmm. 
At this she, point, I'm like, she's the serial killer. <laughs> They're both sinister. Oh my God. <laughs> she's going to eat him. That is the thing though. You know that, right? Oh yeah. 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 Weird. Humans are weird. Um, but so he, yeah. So going back to the steak, we were moaning about that. And then he does actually, they, they were having like a steak for dinner or something. And so he um, proceeds to teleport it. And he says this really interesting line where he says, the computer is changing the steak rather than reproducing it. Yes. So basically, it's creating one, but it doesn't understand. And he's like, I need to teach the computer to be more into the flesh. Like, aroused. But he goes back to what she was saying before about old ladies squeezing the the flesh. It drives Mm. them crazy. And it's basically the teleporter can reproduce a very, you know, the steak's probably identical in chemicals and things. It's built exactly the same. But it's just missing, like, almost missing like, the spirit of it, like, the flesh. Ah, uh, yes. Because it's like, the computer only knows what I've taught it. I need to teach it how to be into the flesh. Teaching computers things always seems like a good idea. <laughs> Senti- a sentient thing. <laughs> um, anyway, so she's leaving. So this is like the next morning. Yeah. And she's leaving the house. And it turns out her boss is following her because he's a creepy asshole. And so he confronts her. And, um... She's she's not having it, though. No, she has a full-on, like, fucking psycho meltdown. Ex-boyfriend meltdown. Yeah, he is just the worst. So, anyway, then he... So, as... So, there's just a line where she's like, I'm finally working on something big. And he's like, oh, yeah? Like his cock? (laughs) Did he really say that? (laughs) Thank God he wrote that down. (laughs) How did I not, like, clock it? I really hope he said that. (laughs) I don't think... Listeners, I think that's let us he, know. I think that's what he said inside your head. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 highly possible. <laughs> I might just be adding lines into. <laughs> so he, after this confrontation, Jeff Goldblum writes some new code, and then he goes and gets the monkey, and it works. And then we both commented that we wanted to snuggle with a monkey. They're celebrating because he's managed to transport the monkey. Yes, and they're drinking champagne and having this and celebration. They order then... Chinese. And I've just got written down hand acting. Lots of hand acting. There's a lot of very enthusiastic hand acting by uh, but Jeff she, But basically she leaves because the boss is being a prick. The boss decides to basically do, do threaten a... her by like, he sends her like a, a, cop, a, a, well, a draft, isn't Yeah, it? he threatens to steal her story basically. Yeah, and publish it now. So she, she leaves Seth to go to her boss and, and well, her ex and have a word. And basically, have to, like, he's the most controlling dick. And she, you know, she's not having any of it. She has a go at him. And he even says at the end, he's like, oh, well, what, what, talk about like, their relationship. He's like, oh, well, what about sex? No love, just stress-relieving sex. <laughs> there's, there's nothing attractive about this man. No, not at all. Nothing. But at the same time, while she's there, Jeff Goldblum also becomes a bit of a prick about her. He gets insanely jealous because he's drunk and he thinks well, that she's run back to... So, yeah, he starts basically freaking out, right? Yeah. He's drunk. He's drinking the champagne by himself. Clearly not much of a drinker. Could not party with us. No. But he's talking to the monkey, having this whole rant, um, and he decides in the midst of it that he he's just going to do it. Yeah. He's going to transport himself. And obviously, if you've ever seen the film, and since it's been around since 1979, you should have seen it by now. (laughs) So he accidentally traps a fly in the teleporter pod. What are they actually called? I want to call it an AirPod. (laughs) So he 
transports himself with a fly in it accidentally. Yes. So she comes back after confronting the boss. Gina comes back and he's sleeping and she basically comes in, gets in bed with him and he tells her that he went through. And I love that he refers to it as going through. Yeah. And then he asks her about her ex and she kind of explains and they're in love. Like I have heart eyes for them. Mm-hmm. And then they fuck. Um, but she feels these like, he has a wound in his back because he'd, I don't know, slept on something. It looked like a microchip or something and it had cut, put little cuts in his back. And so he, she, as they're in bed together, she feels this hair on his back and he's like, it's really coarse. And you kind of see how coarse it is later because they, he, he takes pliers. Yeah. To get it off. It's, yeah. it's horrible. But then there's the scene where he wakes up out of his sleep and catches a fly in his hand. And that is like the first inkling something's changed. Yeah. Now, obviously, as the audience, we know he went in there with the fly. So there's this sense of anticipation. How is this going to go? What's going to happen? Yep. And so when he catches the fly, you're kind of... I, I was having, like, Spider-Man vibes. Absolutely. Like, yeah. Okay. And, and I do think they give that impression because, obviously, he then goes on to just have kind of superhuman ability. So... Yeah, he's, like... He gets super... He's got amazing reflexes and he yeah, starts he... doing this like amazing naked chair yoga yeah he's doing his... like chair yoga and then he's like doing like acrobats ac- acrobatics <laughs> and things and she's just watching him and he's, he's doing like, like olympic level yeah. like bar work yeah or whatever which i appreciated very much yes i mean zero complaints from me yeah and of course gina davis is just kind of watching him like he said he he starts thinking that he may be improved filtered like coffee is the way that he he's been purified yeah he's been purified um but he's talking really fast and he can fuck a lot that happens yeah um he really likes sugar and he kind of starts acting a little crazy um he's manic he is he's manic and he he yells at her to leave basically because he wants her to go through so they can be like this power couple, as he phrases it, and she refuses. And so he yells at her, like, you're a coward or something like this. Um, but yeah, he has these those coarse hairs and then... But I did think it's really interesting because he really plays on, and I know we talked about this a little bit in the thing as well, this idea that he... This paranoia, right? That you... This loss of self. Like, at this point, he kind of feels like he's an improved version of himself. But even then, I think in some of his mania, there's an underlying sense of paranoia and concern. And just, he he feels different and he knows it. Yeah. And she knows it's bad. And she's like, we need to get you checked out. And he won't go. Yeah. Um, And then obviously she doesn't Which, why? As a scientist, like, why? It doesn't make any sense. You'd think that'd be the first thing he'd want to do. Yeah, he knows. A part of him knows as well that this, this, you know, probably isn't a good thing. But it's so, the progression, like, it's clever, it's well-paced, it's super gradual, really, if you think about it, and it makes it more believable. Because I think when you go there with kind of body horror, like, okay, imagine pitching this movie. Okay, so there's a man, and then he turns into a fly. You know, people are like, (laughs) what? Because it's definitely like Kafka metamorphosis, you think about all of that as well, but... You know, maybe it might have been a little bit of a hard sell, but I think what re how he pulls it off is by making it gradual. Yes. And so every step of the way, you're concerned, and also it's scary because you think, what if this happened to me? Or you think, what would I do in this situation? After their argument, she leaves. He tries to force Ronnie to teleport. She won't. She's like, you know, something went wrong. Mm-hmm. And he's like, fine, I'll find someone else. And then he says this thing, and I can't remember if she's still there, but he says about... You can't penetrate the fear of the flesh. 
and I can't remember which of them said it. I, she, I think it, she had left, and I think yeah, was he just talking to himself? I think he was just kind of talking. And to then I've just yeah. written down because he was t- giving this little speech to himself, and he just kept saying <laughs> penetrate. He did. He said it a lot. <laughs> like I think I just want like a little clip, um, you know, like the one of. Owen Wilson saying wow and it's just like wow 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 (laughs) I just want one of Jeff Goldblum saying penetrate penetrate (laughs) penetrate can it be while he's doing chair yoga yes topless okay that's you're on to a winner make an NFT okay okay (laughs) (laughs) don't steal our idea we're copywriting (laughs) then yes then he goes to this like dive bar oh yes this is where he starts he challenges these guys to like an arm wrestling contest and of course they look at this like nerdy kind of wiry science guy and they're like yeah okay 100 bucks he, he bet he bets 100 bucks that he can do it and if he wins he says I get to take the lady home pointing to Tawny and she's like says who what do I look like a hooker no and comment <laughs> she has great hair she has great hair but it, this is very much like you have it in Cronenberg films the women aren't necessarily always like passive you know they're usually quite um, sexual and confident they stand up for themselves but what I always seem to find is that they stand up for themselves, but then it doesn't actually change anything. Like, the men are still... Right. Um, and it's almost like he only sees them as women, as hookers or cheats, because, you know, both the men accuse her of cheating, basically. Yeah. Or they're dumb and will just walk into dangerous situations, like she did at the beginning when she went back to his murder den. <laughs> But it was for the story, Jenny. Yeah, it's like they let they let the weirdo showing all the red flags yes. still. But now they're dating, so it's fine. <laughs> but yeah, so flags. in the midst of this arm wrestling, he breaks the guy's wrist, which yep. is gross because you can see his arm bone. And then he takes the girl with the great hair, and she goes with him. Yeah. And um, at this point, he's looking a little rough. He's not looking right. He's, he's, he's a, tweaking. He's tweaking. He's looking a little sweaty. <laughs> he's yep. got some a little bit of breakout rash on the face, yep. looking like maybe he's missing out on some meth. So, but he carries her all the way up the stairs because she's yeah. like, I'm too drunk, I can't do it. And so he carries her. Pew, pew, pew. I'm, dem- I'm, I don't know, acting. I'm demonstrating him <laughs> carrying her up the stairs. I, I'm sorry you had to see that. And then he asks her to go through. And luckily, do they have sex? I yeah, they have sex, before, they have sex first. Because I've just got written down, it looks like Jeff Goldblum's just lying on her and coming. He goes like this. <laughs> like compared to some of his more uh, energetic... <laughs> Uh, um, yeah, kind of <laughs> acrobatic sessions he probably had with Ronnie. This seems to be quite. <laughs> He's just like mm. um, convulsing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which I think might be a, li- a little bit of another hint that something's not right. He's not yeah. doing. He doesn't have his usual finesse. Yeah. <laughs> so he. Oh, I love this part. So Gina Davis bursts in basically, and is like, "Be afraid." Be very afraid. <laughs> Which I love because so many people quote that line. I mean, it's been used in so many things, but a lot of people don't actually realise this is where it comes from. Is it really? Yeah. This is the first time it's ever been used? Yeah. I challenge that. Be afraid, be very afraid. I thought it was from like a um, a Twilight Zone episode. I thought it was the fun I'm way. Googling this. Okay. Google it. I'll cut the weight out. Well, you're right. <laughs> I'm right. You are correct. <laughs> and not only that, Mel Brooks came up with it, okay. according to Google, and they ended up using it as the tagline, like on the posters and the yes. promotional materials. <laughs> You're really excited about being right. I am. I don't like to admit when other people are right, but I will do it because it's the right thing to do. <laughs> and uh, Jenny is very often right where I am wrong, so I defer to you. 
So, yes, she says the iconic line, mm-hmm. and it was excellent. And then she goes on to say that he looks and smells bad, and I'm thinking, he just had sex with this girl. Did she not notice? And I guess, I think we skipped the part, but I guess at one point she did clip her off one of his hairs. Yes. And so she had it tested, and, he, and she said that it's not human. But he kicks her out. He gets very angry. Kicks them both out, basically. Yeah. And then he goes and sees himself in the mirror, and he's all red, and he's sprouting hairs, like, randomly on mm-hmm. his face. And then he starts pulling off his nails. His fingernails start falling off, and he just starts pulling them off. It's... Teeth and nails, I just... Oof. Yep. Yeah. So then he figures out that there was a fly. He's talking to the computer, and he, he clearly something's wrong, so he's like, okay, he starts investigating, and figures out that there was a fly, which he figures out pretty quickly, to be fair. And there's a fusion, and I don't mean Asian fusion food. <laughs> I mean fusion with the fly. And so the computer starts referring to him as Brundlefly, which I think is a great name. And so you have kind of a time... It's like a few days, and then I think he calls Ronnie, and she, she comes back, and he's like, Look, this is what's happened. My teleporter turned into a gene splicer. And then he does this horrible thing (laughs) where he kind of just, while he's talking and he's got a donut in front of him and he like vomits this stuff onto it and he's like, oh, sorry. And then, and then his ear falls off. Well, the thing is that he's walking with sticks. Yeah. And I think he thinks that he's dying. Like that he's have advanced aging or so. He kind of mentioned something mm. like that. Um, but yeah, he's all fucked up. It's actually quite sad it's, and very scary. It's very scary. Just in the sense, again, could this happen to me? What would it look like? Oh my God, what would I do? I would be freaking out. There's the, you know, the lack of emotional connection that there was in the thing to me is fully there with this movie. And yes. that's why it's so effective because you care about Jeff Goldblum. You care about Gina Davis and she, her acting is phenomenal in this. I mean... I believe her when she's terrified. I believe her when she cries. Like, both of them are just excellent actors. And so you've got this real emotional connection to both of these characters. You care about them, and you want them to be okay. And, you know, he's vomiting all over himself, and his ear's falling off, and she just goes and hugs him. She hugs him, yeah. Uh, Oh, he he thinks he has a bizarre form of cancer. That's actually what he said. So, Gina Gina Davis goes to ex-jerk boss face, and he convinces her to show him the fly. Yeah. He doesn't really believe it and he wants to see it for himself. So she enters his house and at this point he's crawling around on the ceiling. Ooh, it's so creepy. It's so, so creepy. And you know, I have to say, this and in the lead up to this, he was kind of doing this like tick, like he had a nervous tick, like he would kind of flick his head. And this is what I mean about his physical acting, his his physical transformation into the fly. Starts long before the prosthetics and the makeup come on. And I think that's what also makes it believable, of course, but... Really, I mean, you've got to give it up to Jeff Goldblum in this. Again, acting across the board is just tens across the board. So, creepy, creepy. It's very creepy yeah. movements. It's very unnatural, despite the fact he's crawling on the ceiling. It's it, just the movements are unnatural. So he starts talking, the, the evil ex is there, and he says something really fucked up to him. And it's like, he says, do I have permission to... And it was either claim or clean your body after you die. It's probably claim, but it sounded like clean. Might have been clean. <laughs> Maybe, but it was just a very weird thing to say. Very weird. And Brundlefly. So I wrote, makes a video of him eating. Yeah, he, he makes um, the most fucked up like kids science video. Oh, because basically she was going to let the boss in to see him and then she didn't because it, he's crawling around and it's so creepy. Mm-hmm. And so the boss never comes in. And so... 
instead she shows him this video, right? He basically picks up making the video where she had stopped for documentation purposes. Mm -hmm. Um, anyway, Gina's very upset and she can see, oh yeah, also she finds out she's pregnant. Forgot yep. that part. She's all knocked up. So I thought she'd gone back to tell him, I think, and she couldn't tell him. No. So obviously trigger warnings from this point onward because there's a lot of discussion about her just disturbing scenes like yeah, so talk of abortion, miscarriage, that kind of thing. Yeah. So, yeah. Um so basically she gives birth to a larva. Well, I couldn't figure out if it was supposed to be that she was having an abortion and oh and then it just started. And yeah, and then they were like wait a minute and they started cuz they're like oh we're clean like cleaning it out kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um and they start pulling, and basically she gives birth to this giant la like lava, mm -hmm. larvae, lava, larva, like it a was, fly larva. It wasn't, you know, a quick flash, oh, like no. in the uh, Event Horizon of the, the fucked up video, hell video. It wasn't a quick flash. This scene lasted a long time, and I don't think it affected me when I was young when I watched this, but it really affected me now. It was extremely I, disturbing. Yeah. Yes. It's been a long time since I felt that uncomfortable watching. Yeah, it was. It was upsetting. Yeah. Um, and then she, she she wakes up and realizes this is a nightmare. It's a dream. But yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. So anyway, she goes back to see him. Um... And he looks worse. Yeah. At this point, he's losing teeth. He looks monstrous. He has this line when he's like, oh, my medicine basket is like a Brundlefly Museum of Natural History. Yes. Because all of his teeth and... But he's he kind of starts to think about it as like a... He's very disconnected from himself at this point. Yeah. He's, he's almost talking about himself as a science experiment and he's got that kind of detached scientist like okay I'm watching this happen mm -hmm. and he's almost like fascinated by it all yes you're so right he he's completely disassociated he does not seem afraid he's the only one who doesn't seem afraid of what's happening to him and Gina Davis carries the full weight of the horror of what's happening as in how a normal human would react yep. to seeing this she carries that she's because she's the only one that's seeing him. Yeah. And so we really only have her as the audience to kind of look to. And he has this, like, weird conversation where he's saying, uh, that's all about insect politics. And Ronnie's like, I don't know what you're trying to say. And he says, I was an insect who dreamt he was a man, but now the dream is over. Insane. That just gave me chills. Yeah. So good. I fucking love David Cronenberg, honestly. And the the makeup and effects, I mean, can I just say, it's... It, it bears repeating. I know we talked about it a little bit in the thing, but incredible. And again, very gradual. He At first you think he's aging and it's cancer and he's got walking sticks. Then he's all over the ceiling. He's losing teeth. I mean, he look, his head is like misshapen. You know, the nails, he's, he's wrapped his hands up and like, so he can still type without his nails. And I mean, he just looks monstrous. I say that because he's, the, he looks like a monster. The um, special effects and makeup guys, who, it was two of them, Chris... Wallace, Wallace, and somebody else I can't remember. They won the Oscar for best makeup with this film, and it's the only Oscar that's ever been won by a David Cronenberg film. Wow, for the for the makeup and effects. Yeah, because it was that good. And I think it said that they had about eight different stages 
of like the Brundlefly. Yeah. Uh, and the last two were puppets. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the rest of them are all Jeff Goldblum and it shows you the process. Like he would be in that chair for hours. Yeah, I can imagine. Because the progression of it, yes. And then just, yeah, it's it's incredible. And again, his acting underneath it, I don't think it would work as well as it did if his, his acting is extraordinary. And, it, and if you didn't have that, you would just have a bunch of effects. And so I really think, yeah, I know I'm going on about it. But so he... In the course of this conversation that he has with her, he says, I'll hurt you if you stay. Because he's trying to get her to leave. Because he knows. I'll hurt you if you stay. Um, but then, and so, then he finds out that she's pregnant. Well, he, but he only finds out... How does he even find out? Because she, she leaves, goes to the boss. This is like the middle of the night. And she, the, ex, the ex-boyfriend boss asshole guy and she's like I want an abortion right now immediately get it out of my body I don't want it in my body I don't want it in my body she just keeps repeating it and I don't know if he like overheard it like Brundle I think he heard it out the window or something yes Um, and so he steals her basically he kidnaps her she goes she meant that her ex helps her and takes her to a doctor and she's about to have an abortion Mm -hmm. and he steals her away but there's this moment just before he comes to the window and steals her where just the look on, on Ronnie's face about, you know, because the doctor and that are like, are you sure you don't want to wait? And she's like, no. And it's like this idea that someone can invade your body with something monstrous and terrifying and you have to argue. Like, nobody else seems to think it's, a, a you know... Urgent, urgent or, or a big deal. A big deal. Um, and they don't seem to be really understanding when she's like get it out of me now yeah as a woman especially i found all of this very hard to watch really yeah, because it was and then you think as well about the whole process of sex right of, of mating or like sleeping with someone your body is being invaded as a mm-hmm. woman by something that until you're of a certain age you probably do think of as monstrous and terrifying i mean let's be honest <laughs> i've been terrified by one or two in my time <laughs> there's been some monsters uh, we're into full disclosure here. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's okay. I keep telling my parents to listen and they don't. So. <laughs> I know, same. My parents are like, but you, but your no. Parents, what, your parents like horror movies. I know, but they don't. neither of them really listen to podcasts. Yeah. If your own parents don't listen to your podcast, I don't know what to tell you. I finally got my brother to listen to one. And? He listened, yeah, he liked it. He listened to the, they listened to the first episode. Yeah. When he was on holiday with his girlfriend. And Jess has listened to the first one as well, but she doesn't like horror films. I get it. It's two very kind of niche things, right? You, you you have to like horror movies and watch them in the first place, probably to enjoy it. And then you have to listen to podcasts, yeah. which are two things that not a whole lot of people do. I mean, I do both of those things. Hence why I'm here. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, so she's demanding an abortion. Yeah, the whole thing is really upsetting. And again, and hats off to Gina Davis because she really... You really feel for her. I mean, my heart just was... The, the whole thing's devastating. Because you could see that they were falling in love. Yeah. And so you've got also the complete dissolution of this relationship that was building. And it was a really beautiful thing to kind of watch unfold. And so there's all of that sort of regret probably about... As you say, Jeff Goldblum's completely like distanced himself from the whole thing. So she she's feeling the full emotion of it alone. Yeah, she's got to carry it all. And so Brundlefly kidnaps her. And he tries to convince her to keep the baby. He ta- he takes her back to his house. His evil lair. His evil lair. His... And the boss follows. Mm. Um, and yeah, Brundlefly's trying to, as you say, like convince her. Yeah, he wants to keep the baby. And what he says he wants to do is put both of them. He wants to put both of them in the teleporters. 
and he's like, I want to create like, the ultimate family. He wants so weird. The three, yeah. like him, her, and the baby to merge. Because at first he tries to get her to go through with him because he's like, oh, then it'll mix more human back into yes, my DNA. Yes, he wanted to restore more of the human aspect before. And now, yeah, the, he, he, but as he, he's almost become like a monster or a villain himself because yeah. he he said, I'll hurt you. He He's trying to convince her to do something completely crazy and unsafe for her. He's not himself, obviously. No. And so... Uh, the boss kind of tries to come in and tries to fight him. he tries to fight him and Jeff Goldblum, again, looking very, very rough, very bad, but acid spews all over the boss on his hand. He melts his hand off and then his leg. And his leg as well. Yeah. And then he goes to... And Gina stops him. Yeah, he goes to do it to his head and she stops him. And this is, he starts talking about, you know, we'll be the ultimate family again. And he... But he, at this point, is... Fully transformed. Yeah, he's in the middle. He like fully transforms. She... And that is a sight to behold. That yeah. is really from the moment scary. when because he's dragging Gina to put her in the. He puts her in one of the pods, and as he's doing it, she touches his face and she pulls his jaw off. Yeah, and that that point that he fully starts to transform, and it's it's a disgusting creature like my sister who watched it with us she's like he's not a fly he doesn't have any wings like he's this thing it is like it looks thing. like yeah. somebody chewed an et doll yes and then spat it out yeah like half digested yeah <laughs> yeah pretty much it's, so that's pretty accurate yeah so he gets into or it gets into the other pod and, put, and he starts the process like he turns he it puts on. her in one yeah and he gets in the other one he's trying to fuse them and somehow the boss... The boss is still alive and he'd got a shotgun. He took a shotgun. Yeah. And it's like a rifle. Yeah. <laughs> he manages to shoot the cables. Yeah, he fucks it up, basically. Yeah. He and the fly the goes mad and like smashes his way out. I but... just... I wrote, Brundlefly fuses with telepod. Yeah, he's like halfway out when the countdown gets to the end and, and it starts. So then he's kind of cut in half and fused with with part of the telepod mm. and and gina davis god bless her she is just crying uncontrollably freaking out just she's pointing the gun at this brundlefly monster he's clearly thing. suffering he's like looking at her he's like these big eyes looking at her and i think he's just like please end it like she's just a mess and just you know Eventually, I think the Brundlefly monster actually points the... Yeah, it points He puts his, his head. head. He puts... And it's, it's devastating, and she isn't wants, it? It's almost like she just wants to hug him, even though he's this thing. And she's like, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't do it. But she does. Yeah. She, she, she mercy. Him, she him. mercy kills him. It is really upsetting, the whole scene. Just to see the full transformation, the horror of it, her emotional response... The whole thing is just very talk about a uh, like a climax of a film. I mean, absolutely payoff. This is what you call payoff. A hundred percent, the money shot. So, and then that's the end of it, basically. Yep. Very visceral. Excellent. What what did you what score did you give it? I've got written down four seventeen, but I don't think four point one seven. Yeah. Oh, okay. I feel like that's quite low. I but no, I I would go for four, you know, four and a half. I wrote four point three. I was kind of looking at some of the other scores. M- much preferred it to the thing. Obviously, oh yes, I did like, as well, massively. But I scored Event Horizon higher. I I think because maybe it's more entertaining, just for entertainment purposes. Yeah. Because I think ultimately, I don't know. 
I know, I know Event Horizon is not a very well-liked film for whatever reason. And The Fly is considered kind of an iconic, classic, you know, sci-fi horror, definitely. And I, I don't know really what stops me from giving it a higher score. Maybe because it's, it's, a, it's a hell of a watch. Yeah, it's not entertainment in the same way. You watch Event Horizon and it's an entertaining film. Mm. You watch The Fly and it is hard and mm. very emotional and you don't necessarily come out the end of it feeling better than when you went in. <laughs> well, I think the other thing is that, yes, all of that is true, and I think the other thing with The Fly is that it's you don't have necessarily the same level of suspense that you have... You know, Event Horizon bu builds up and achieves. You do have tension. You do have anxiety, I think, a little bit. I was going to say anticipation, but it's more fearful anticipation. So, so anxiety about what's going to happen. Um, but yeah, so that's why I kind of... But the acting is excellent throughout. I mean, the story is well told. There's only three characters, as I said earlier, and I think that works in its favor. It is entertaining. The effects, obviously... Are great the pacing I always talk about pacing he nails it amazing payoff I think the female portrayal does let it down a little bit and I it is a little bit of a product of its time as well I mean 86 obviously we're still struggling now it's 2022 but you know yeah I feel like that let it down a little bit yeah just a little he but. and it's always the same I can't remember which one of his films one of his films he made just after his divorce and the whole film was just basically him calling his ex-wife a, you know, a cheat and a, mm -hmm. you know. And I just think he has this very, he has a very strange way of portraying women. And I'm not comfortable with it. Well, and the it's thing is that... It's not easy. It's not. No. Because I was going to say, feeling uncomfortable and unsettled, he's the king of that. Yeah. I mean, you... you that is his intent, yes. regardless of your gender. But I think sort of compounding it for us as women watching it, I agree with you. Like, there's just almost like some menace, some kind of underlying menace I, yeah. as a director, I feel like he has towards women. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it sucks a little bit. Mm -hmm. I would like to play a little game with you. Okay. Okay. It's, it's called the David Cronenberg game. Um, did you want to say anything else, sorry, about the film before I go into the David Cronenberg game? Not that I can think of. So we gave our scores, and you're going to stick with 4.17? No, 4.5. 4.5. I said 4.3. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Okay, I'm giving it a David Cronenberg film, and you say whether or not you've seen it, and then you give it a score. We'll okay. just do a quick fire. Yeah, so he, so the trilogy that you were talking about earlier, sorry, just... The Viggo Mortensen. Yes. This is going to be fun for you to edit. But A History of Violence, Eastern Promises, and I think that there is a third one, but I... Oh, A Dangerous Method, maybe? That was the one he made about Freud. Um, but Eastern Promises and A History of Violence. I love A History of Violence. Is that the one where... It's he... Viggo Mortensen yeah. and he li it's Monica Bellucci and they yes. live in a small town. Yes, and like someone from his past Yeah, comes. and he's yeah. like, I don't know who you are. I was never a crazy murdering gangster. Yeah. Yes, you were. Yeah. And then Eastern Promises is where he wrestles naked in Asana. Hmm. Oh yeah, watch it just for that. Excellent. Okay. Covered in tattoos. He works for like the Russian mob or something like that. Excellent. That's an ex excellent film. So, okay. You haven't seen The Brood, right? I don't know if I have or not. I can't really remember it. Okay. Scanners. Yes. Score. Three. 
Okay. Um, I haven't seen a lot of these films in a very long time. So my He's done is... so many. You'll probably be surprised some of them like... Rabid. Yes. Score. Four. Mm. Uh, scanners. Yes. Score. Three. Okay. A History of Violence. Yes. Score. 3.5. <laughs> okay. That's the end of the David Cronenberg game. He's he's directed so many films. Yeah, like my favourites are Videodrome, Crash, yeah, The Fly, and, uh, and Rabid. Although I really need to rewatch Rabid. That's not where she kind of grows a penis in her armpit. Mm-hmm. Spider, which I think I've seen. Naked Lunch, I'm guessing that's based on the Bur the William S. Burroughs book, but mm -hmm. I've not seen that one. I haven't seen it, I don't think. Um, yeah, so A History of Violence, Eastern Promises, and A Dangerous Method, that was the trilogy. I've seen all three of those. I did not really like A Dangerous Method. It's about sort of Jung, or Jung, however you want to pronounce it, and Freud. And again, with their kind of like portrayal of women in this. But um, A Patient of Jung. And I think, if I'm not wrong... He plays with Michael Fassbender as well, who's a fantastic actor. But mm -hmm. um, they, yeah. So Vigo plays Sigmund Freud, and Michael Fassbender, Fassbender plays Jung. Cool. It's it sounds cooler than what it is because when I watched it, and it, it's a little bit of like S and M, because it just was the period where women's hysterics were like, oh, you need to have an orgasm, yes. you need a release, which is probably true. But so David Cronenberg, I think I'm going to make it my mission to watch more of his films. We should definitely review Scanners. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. In conclusion, we recommend The Fly. Yep, absolutely. Check it out. It's a classic for a reason. Definitely. And the first half of Jeff Goldblum is just a bonus. The second half is, you know, we're getting into some kinks there. And may no I... shaming, but, you know. <laughs> may I say that you did this say for the first third of his transformation, you'd still go there? Until the fingernails came off. Yeah. He was looking a little rough before that. Little, yeah. A little sweaty. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't say I'd be sober. <laughs> Fair enough. But so after enough vodka, would you sleep with Jeff Goldblum in the fly post 45 minutes into the film? As long as he's still at his fingernails. Okay. Well, I, well. <laughs> it's a question for the ages, really, ladies and gents. So please write in and let us know your answer. Yes. We welcome replies from uh, men and women and non-binary and anyone who's interested in talking about Jeff Goldblum is the fly and whether and flies not, and whether or not they want to contact us somehow. Brundle fly forever. Brundle fly forever. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed part three of our sci-fi series. We'll be back next week with another. I think our final installment of the sci-fi sci-fi month. Yes. Really. And then we need to do something fun because oh, the fun is coming. Good. I've got you covered. Tomorrow is Valentine's Day, and I'm taking Jenny out on a Valentine's Day date, as it were. I'm so excited. So that will be fun. And it may or may not include something we could talk about on the podcast. <gasps> we'll have to see. Ooh. So have a good Super Bowl Sunday. It's Super Bowl Sunday today. Yes. Whoop, whoop. We're go Bengals. We're about to go and cook all the chicken wings. All and the all things. The all the things. So happy Super Bowl Sunday. Happy Valentine's Day. We love you. Send us messages and kisses. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next week. Yep. Brothers Let's... Keg, take us out. Bye. Bye. Bye.